Hello, my friends. We're here at hpmexam.com with our awesome students who have been working hard, slaving away. We had one of our friends, Tiffany, who got certified, and you've seen Tiffany's lessons learned. But today, we're going into the process domain. And before we go into the process domain, I wanted to get all of you up to speed so you're all on the same page, so you're all hyper-focused. Why are we here? We're here to get PMP certified. What is the PMP exam? It's 180 questions, five don't count, 230 minutes. You're going to be, I don't know, it could be a dim, dingy lit room. I don't know. Don't take it at home, please. Go into a test center. But all of this is to build your stamina and finesse so that when you get into the exam, you know exactly what to do with each question. What do you do with each question? Hyper-focused on moving the situation forward. Hyper-focused on determining the problem at hand. So for example, if you get a question that says, Manish is a project manager on a project, his schedule is delayed, what should he do? A, crash the schedule, B, fast track the schedule, C, analyze the situation. It's always analyze wherever that is an option. Don't just choose like a red herring option because the PMI, they're into, let me tempt you with shiny objects and see if you run after those. Don't run after the shiny objects. So that is the whole purpose. The whole thesis why we're here and studying and everyone else, the reason why you're studying four hours a day, five hours a day, some of you going crazy doing eight hours a day, those who say, Phil, I'm out of employment. That's all I do. I understand. But you have to remember what your goal is. Your goal is to be able to see a question and see through the smoke and mirrors. Okay? So let's jump very quickly into it. Who can tell me or chat into me? This exam is based on three big blocks. What are the three big blocks? People, process, business. I love it. Thank you, Manish. People, process, business. So let's jump into the outline. The PMP exam content outline is broken down into how many tasks in people? Who remembers? Twenty-nine. How how many? Do you want to check? Open your books 17. and take a quick look. Seventeen for people. Is it people? Seventeen. How many for people? No. Check. Thirteen. Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen for people. There you go. So so what am I doing? I'm trying to get you hyper focused on the numbers, so you know. Okay, if I have to read people domain, I've got fourteen days. Boom. Done. Process domain. How many in process? 17. 17. Very good. And business? Just four. Four. Thank you. And the reason why I'm asking you this, I want you to be intentional about your studying so that when you go in for the kill, the final kill, you're going to spend appropriate amounts of time. Now, process is a ridiculous beast with 17. So let's go down memory lane. I'm going to tell you very quickly what you have done. What you've done, those of you who started studying, you've read the task, conflict, manage conflict, for example. Then you've gone into the domains. What I need you to do as you go into this is just ask, do I understand what they mean from a conceptual standpoint or am I lost? You wanna make sure you truly understand what it is. So at a very high level, the PMI wants you to be able to facilitate conflict management. They don't want you to solve the conflict for people, but they want you to get in the way of destructive conflict. They want you to be able to lead a team through example, through servant leadership and situational leadership. 
the Hersey-Blanchard model comes into play. They want you to be able to give the team the environment and support they need. Trust them to get the job done. The team needs a safe space, give it to them. Empower the team and stakeholders. Give them things to do that are not lording it over them, but saying, hey, which of these would you like to do? It's based on their strength, but it's not fully pull or push. It could be a hybrid. What do I mean by that? In the world of Agile, we espouse the pull mechanism. Let people pull work to themselves if they've got the capacity. But in the world of predictive, it's assignment. That's why we talk about project team assignments. We assign things, but it's two different worlds. For the exam, you got to be ready for both worlds. Number five, ensure people are adequately trained. If you are the servant leader, the project manager, which by the way, on the exam, they will always say this, Kristen is a project manager. They will hardly ever say, Kristen is a scrum master. So they'll say, Kristen is a project manager on an agile project. And you could say, but wait a minute, in the world of scrum, there's no project manager. Get used to seeing that. Very well, it's the role in agile that they're talking about, but they will say project manager. So you gotta get used to seeing that, or thinking in that dimension, okay? Number six, build a team. Have a team charter, social contract, team contract, ground rules, team agreement, all the same thing. Number seven, this is your bread and butter as a scrum master, as a servant leader. You gotta aggressively go after those impediments, obstacles, and blockers as aggressively as possible. Number eight, negotiate project agreements. What are we saying here? We just mean negotiate everything, scope, schedule, cost, quality. Trade-offs are ethical. Not trading off is unethical. So if you very well know we cannot make that deadline, don't just be a schmuck and say, well, I'll just roll over and do whatever they ask me to do. No, always challenge when you know very well that something is not realistic. But at the same time, you want to have the Agile Manifesto in your mind, which says customer collaboration over contract negotiation. So it's a mindset. Number nine, again, the concept of customer collaboration over contract negotiation, it holds true for this. Go in with a mind of collaboration. Number 10, build shared understanding. Make sure everyone is on the same page. 11, engage and support virtual teams. We talked about the fishbowl window concept a few weeks ago. Hopefully that's still fresh. Understand what you can do if you have a virtual team. How do I get them engaged? Team ground rules, we've already talked about team contracts, social contracts, team agreements, and things like that. They could use the word social contract, so just remember they are all the same thing. Part of what you will do in your social contract in the world of Agile is to define your definition of ready and definition of done. Understand the INVEST acronym when you're thinking about the definition of ready. When you're thinking about the definition of done, understand that you could have several things that need to be complete before you are deemed done with the increment, not the story, but the increment. When we say definition of done, it's for the increment. It's not for a story. For story, who remembers what is at the back of the card? User stories in front, what is at the back? Who remembers? Should I give you a clue? AC. What does AC stand for in the context of a user story? 
So user story has grow goal benefit in front, right? It represents the card, the conversation, right? The confirmation. But what is at the back of the card? It's AC, acceptance criteria. There's a difference between acceptance criteria and the definition of done. You must know these things. And you must remember that in the Agile Practice Guide, there's mention made of the definition of done, definition of ready. These are things that could be part of your social contract, your team contract, your team agreement, okay? Number 13, mentor relevant stakeholders. Mentoring is pretty much telling based on your past experience, whereas coaching is allowing people to work the answer out for themselves. And that is more long lasting because it actually came from them. Number 14, promote team performance through the application of EI, emotional intelligence, which is you being able to understand your emotions and you being able to bridle your emotions and influence the emotions of groups and teams, others. Moving into process, which is where we're going today. We've already covered a lot of this in our study group and you folks, well done, thumbs up to you. Uh, Tiffany, who is off the journey, she started this with us last year, December. But now we've gone through task one to about task six. But I'm going to give you the quick overview of everything to make sure you are thinking in the right direction. Number one, execute the project with urgency. Why urgency, though? Who can tell me? Well, the... The um, projects or sprints are really um, quick. So you're focused on delivering value first, right? So that's the first thing you've got to achieve with the project. I love it. So you got these things in smaller increments, which are sprints, which to the world of predictive, they, we look like speed demons if we do that in agile. So super quick to do what you said, Kristen, the value. And that's great. We want to deliver the value. Why do you want to deliver value with urgency, though? Why do you want to use an agile approach? Because uh, you want to get a minimum viable product out, if it works. I love it. You want to get a minimum viable product. So now we're opening the wormhole of MVP. Let's talk about that, and then we'll circle back to talk about urgency. The reason why the concept of MVP is great and the reason why we espouse an MVP is we are looking for value from the viable product. So we have the MVP, minimum viable product, the minimum amount of functionality we need to put in a product so that we can get what? What are we looking for from the MVP? Who remembers? Feedback from the client. I love it. So the feedback from the client is going to help us do task one which is to execute with urgency. But I'm asking the question, why the urgency? What's the rush about? Who can tell me? Why are we in such a hurry to deliver business value? Why was Uber in such a hurry to deliver value that everyone is experiencing today? Can you guess? 
Because first to market usually gains the biggest market share. I love it. First to market kills the game, leaves everyone in a plume of smoke. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. That was Morgan, right? Yes. Thank you, Morgan. You're right on the money with that. That is true. So the reason, the thesis for number one is so that we can, one, kill the game, crush the game. There's something that we say in the world of Agile, which you know, if you've heard my buddy Ryan, I talk about this, we call it the cost of delay. There is a cost for you being a laggard to market. Just ask BlackBerry. Well, they were first in some things, but Apple beat them when it came to being smart in a phone. And they left them in a plume of smoke. If you watch the movie, it's kind of fun. But number one is all about urgency to deliver value so that you can be first to market. Apart from being first to market, think about it. Let's say you work in a company and you can deliver a software tool, which you're working on internally, 10 months down the road versus today. Why would you want to deliver it urgently today? Yeah, I guess they can start making returns of their investment in an incremental fashion rather than waiting for the whole enchilada to be served. I love it, Manish. You're right on the money with that. Thank you. The reason why I'm asking you these questions, I want you to understand the thesis for Agile and then everything else follows. Number two, manage communications. As a project manager, this is what you do. Now, don't be deceived by PMI's simple statement, manage communications. No. What they're saying here is do everything that you would do in the knowledge areas. So in the knowledge areas, you would plan communications management, mm -hmm. you would manage communications, and you would monitor, monitor. communications, right? So even though it's a simpleton statement, manage communications. Don't be deceived by the simplicity of it. They're saying do everything you need to do to effectively manage that knowledge area. So plan, manage, and monitor. They're also saying that in an agile environment, understand that communication is more fluid and dynamic and transparent. So there are things that help you in your communications, like a Kanban board and things like that. Factor that in when you're looking at task two. All right, let's go quicker. Task three, assess and manage risk. Everything regarding risk. Can I put you on the spot? What is number one in the world of knowledge area risk? What's the first thing you do? You plan your risk management. Yep. You plan risk management. Thank you. What's number two? Identify your risks. Number three. Um, do a, a quantitative and qualitative risk assessment. Very good. Which one should come first? Uh, Qual qualitative. Quality. Thank you. Qualitative, then quantitative. Why is quantitative optional? Because it gives you a monetary value for the risk and not everybody uses it. I love it. Not everyone uses it. Not everyone likes it. Some companies run away from it. Beautiful. After we've done quantitative, what do we do next? Um, you plan your risk response. Very good. Who can tell me the five responses for positive and the five for negative. Let's do positive first. What's you the mitigate, mnemonic I taught you? You mitigate. 
Uh, positive. Tell me positive first. Positive risks. Five strategies. What are they? What's the mnemonic, first of all? Do you remember? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm getting into your business. All right. So let me show you what the mnemonic is. The mnemonic is easy. E-A-S-double-E. This is why I show you these mnemonics. Now, what, what do these stand for? Tell me. So let me walk you through. You encounter a risk and you tell your boss because it's beyond your power. What's that? What's the E? It's beyond my power. I'm going to... Escalate. Escalate. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about the A. I'm not going to do anything about it. Accept. Accept. Very good. I find a pot of gold and I need to dig it up. I call my buddy Johan to help me. What am I going to do? The S. I found a pot of gold, Johan. I, I, need, I need help. So as a result of you digging with me, I need to do what with the pot of gold? The S. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to eat alone. I'm not going to eat alone. Split the task up. I'm going to share. This is what you do. You're better man than me, folks. <laughs> do you remember seeing share as a strategy when you read it? Yes. Good. Yes. All right. So we have two E's. One E gets your positive risk to 100%. What is that? It's a positive strategy that you do to get your risk to be absolutely sure this is happening. Exploit. You got it. Exploit. And what is the weakened version? It's like a weakened version of a local storm. What is it? The last E, when you increase the probability, but it's not to 100. What's that E? All right. It's called enhance. So this is a good gap I've found. We need to do some more work on it. Mm -hmm. So this is the positive strategies for opportunities, positive risks or opportunities, right? So that's for positive. Let's talk about the negative. For negative, what is the mnemonic? Who remembers? All right, let's go for it. A is for what? Avoid the risk. Avoid, good. T is for what? Transfer. Thank Transfer. you. Transfer. The next E, we've talked about this already. I can't do it. Someone else. Someone Above. else. Escalate. Escalate. Escalate, good. What is the other A? I ain't going to do nothing about it. Accept it. Accept it as now, and what's the M? A reduction of probability or impact. That's what it's mitigate. mitigate. Good. Did that help, folks? Because I'm trying to jog your memory so that if I woke yes, you yes. up at 12 midnight, you'll be able to answer this because it, it shows it's internalized. Okay. Task four, engage stakeholders. That makes sense. Task five, plan and manage budget and resources. So we have in the world of cost, Four things. What's number one? What do you do? The four processes of cost. Number one. Plan. Cost, cost management. Thank you. Process number two. Estimate. 
Mm. Estimate the cost activity Good. or the, the activity. Estimate cost. That's number two. What's yeah. number three? After estimate cost. Determine budget. Determine budget and number four. Uh, control costs. Very good. Control costs. Now, when we control cost, there's a concept that we know called EVM. What's that? Earned value management. Thank you. In earned value management, we have three core metrics, which are EV, PV, and AC. Then we have four derivative metrics. I want you to type them in for me. And I'm going to give you all a couple of minutes. Type in the four formulas that use those three derivative metrics. What is drifting up? That's nice. I'm very glad that you remember. So we have someone else's problem and children eat apples. If it's a variance, you subtract. So schedule variance, cause variance. You got to get these things down so that they just start sticking. Cost performance index, schedule performance index, they all begin with earned value. So just remember that. If it's an index, you divide. If, if it's a variance, you subtract. If it's cost-related, it's AC. That's the second piece of the equation. And if it's schedule-related, then it's PV. All right. Good deal. Okay. Well, let's go back. We're getting closer to where we are going to pivot from today. So that's plan and manage budget and resources. Uh, number six, plan and manage schedule. Um, there are six things that you do in schedule management. You plan schedule management. And then you what? Who remembers? You did this last week. It should be fresh. Come on, help me, help me, help me. What comes next? Define Our activities. Define activities, thank you. Number three. Uh, sequence activities. Good. Number four. Uh, estimate activity duration. Brilliant. Five. Um, then you can develop your schedule. I love it. Well done, Johan. Now look, I know people are going to be like, well, I don't need to cram that. Look here, my friends. If you don't know what you're doing, then you probably don't know what is associated with what you're doing. And that is what the tools and the techniques and the methods and the models and the artifacts are all about. You need to know that you are defining activities. You need to know that from defining activities, I get an activity list, activity attributes, and a milestone list. It, you need to, as a project manager, this is what is going to help you decimate the exam because I truly believe if you all are doing what I am encouraging you to do, which is to read the essentials book, to understand what is in the agile practice guide, to read the agile principle run and cut and all the other materials. If you do that, my expectation is you get into the exam and it's over for the exam. The exam is going to be begging you, crying uncle, because you're going to show the exam you are totally in control. So that is the level that I am looking for you to get to. And with that, I rest my case for today. I'll let you folks take it away today. You're going to be covering 7, 8, and 9. I'll give you the skinny of it. 7 is all about fitness for use, conformance to requirements, quality is all about customer satisfaction and Kaizen as well. Task eight, plan and manage scope. You're going to first plan scope management. Then you're going to collect requirements, define scope, create the WBS, validate scope, and then control scope. 
Number nine, integrate project planning activities. Going back to Kristen's earlier question, when we take a look at the page 152, I think it is in our essentials book, we already covered this stuff earlier because earlier I showed you all of the chipmunk mnemonic. I showed you integration, scope, schedule, cost, quality, resources, communication, risk, procurement, stakeholder. And I showed you all of the components that are under each area. Let's go back to that image very quickly. So taking a look at this, you can see that in the world of integration, scope, schedule, cost, quality, resources, communication, risk, procurement, stakeholder, you have change management plan, configuration management plan, yada, yada, all that stuff we talked about. Any questions before I turn it over to you guys and girl? You ready? All right, let me go ahead and stop the recording. Have a lovely study group. I will touch base with you maybe in a few minutes and see how you all are doing.